Hello dear listeners, this is Dimitrios Papalexis from the podcast series ABCD on the Go, bringing you inspiring stories from the community, amazing content and spreading positivity. I'm here today again on a cloudy afternoon for a very important episode. As you all know, we are all facing a crisis with COVID-19 and we are all socially isolating, or better say, physically, and hopefully staying socially connected. And as we stay at home and we access our social media more and we listen to the news, sometimes we may be bombarded with lots of information. A lot of this information might be useful in terms of knowing what's safe for us to do and how to protect ourselves and our families, but also a lot of information can be negative and overwhelming and causing further anxiety and fear and negativity. That's why I believe it's important for us to create inspiring content that we also focus on the positive things happening in our community. And today's episode is about a very important teaching that we all need to learn, which is about an attitude of gratitude. In my life, I have been through quite a lot of challenges so far, changing countries, learning new languages and many other. And I found that gratitude is an amazing tool to change your mindset from maybe a more negative and deficit mindset to a more positive and appreciative one. So today I have an amazing guest, Kate Munro, with a lot of experience in the youth sector and we're going to talk about gratitude. Welcome to today's podcast, An Attitude of Gratitude, with Dimitris Papalexis, your host, and our guest for today, Kate Munro. So Kate Munro has a lot of experience uh, in the youth sector, many, many years of experience. And um, she's also a community development practitioner, a member of ABCD community. Um, so I will welcome now Kate and we will get started with this podcast about uh, gratitude. Hello, Kate. How are you? Hi, Demetrius. I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. I'm excited. Yeah, um, before we talk about this important topic of gratitude, um, I would like to ask you to talk to us a bit about yourself and the work that you do so people get to know you. Yeah, sure. So um, I've been working in the youth sector for all my career, so coming up on a bit over 28 years now. Um, I've done lots of different kinds of jobs in that time. I've done um, counselling work and case management work and running programs. But my, the, I guess the area I'm most passionate around is around youth development and um, uh, encouraging uh, organisations and young people to find ways to be able to participate more meaningfully in their communities and to be able to influence um, decision makers and um, the decisions that those people make uh, for them. That sounds amazing. Um, so what made you um, have this focus and this preference in your work? Uh, what makes you so passionate about participation for young people? 
if you could if you could summarize, I guess, 28 years of of experience. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. So, what makes me passionate about it? Um, look, I think that you know, young people are experts in their own lives, just as you know, in asset-based uh, community development, we believe that community knows what is best for itself and has its own best solutions. Um, I believe the same is true for young people, and so young people are. A, a particular um, group in our community who often have a lot of decisions made for them on their behalf by decision makers in all kinds of different settings. Um, and I, my passion, I guess, is trying to get those decision makers to listen more to what young people actually say. Okay, the, the other question I would like to ask Katie, uh, what are some of the milestones in your life that you are grateful for? Um, oh, what am I grateful for? I mean, many, many things, I think. Uh, look, I, but uh, my, much of my life has been like just right place, right time. Um, so uh, many things that I'm probably very like, grateful for, job opportunities, people who come into my life, uh, things like that. They were unexpected. They weren't planned in that sense. Um so I think that uh, I used to have a boss who had a saying that um, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So I think that the important thing is that if you're, you know, if you have an open mind, if you have a curious mind, if you um, have some insight into the things that make you happy, the things that are satisfying, that are meaningful for you, then you will end up in the right place at the right time and you'll be ready to take those opportunities when they present themselves. That sounds an amazing advice. Yeah. And um, any more advice for for everyone and maybe especially for young people on how can they be prepared to take to make the most of the opportunity when an opportunity appears? Yeah, I think, um, I guess it's just doing, I mean, some of it's doing that sort of personal reflective work, which is, you know, we, we all have days where we want to do that and all have days where we don't want to do that, but just... I think it's just getting to know yourself. Like what are, like I said, what are the things that bring you joy in your life? What are the things that make you feel like you have meaning and purpose in your life? Um, what are the things that you don't enjoy? What? Are, where are your strengths? Where are, you know, the things that you'd like to develop? It's just the more, the more you know yourself, the more you understand yourself, the more informed choices and decisions you can make. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, I would play the devil's advocate a bit here, Kate. I guess um, from my experience working with young people, uh, many times they do know themselves and what they want to do. And there is still quite a lot of pressure from society and sometimes from family in terms of even choices about profession, you know, and what, like there is sometimes there is a conflict between what their passion and what they, their family wants them to do or what the society expects them to do. So would you have any advice for young people who are in these dilemmas? Yeah, I think that um, look, it's hard. Isn't it? There's a lot of conversations about following your passion, but your passion yeah. may not lead you. You can chase a passion that is, um, you know, it can take a long time to realise or to find the right opportunity and you can miss other things on the way. I think that's what I mean a bit about um, right time, right place. So you can have your passion and you know what it is and maybe that's your dream, but it doesn't mean that you don't, uh, you know, listen to other people who maybe know you, watch for other things that come up that are opportunities that maybe 
maybe you hadn't thought about. Maybe that's something just to do in the here and now and maybe that will add to your being able to get to your passion or maybe that will take you in a different direction. But I think I think it's important to be really open-minded. I think if you are very tunnel-visioned about something, um, sometimes that can work out, absolutely, but sometimes yeah. it doesn't work out or sometimes it can take a long time and you you miss the learning that can happen along the way instead. So. Yeah, I think it's just about being open and and present in the moment, the here and now. What's happening here and now? What are the opportunities that are here for me here and now? Mm-hmm. What's the the what feels right for me? Um, and yeah, often there's pressure from parents and there's pressure from other people. But those people, some you know, a lot of time they know young people well as well. So it's it's worth listening at the very least. Maybe you then choose not to to do what they mm. say, but you know they're often coming from a very good place. So you don't want to disregard what they say either. Yeah, it seems that uh, from what you are saying that sometimes a good balance is needed between like, your, you know, a young person's passions and dreams and aspirations and uh, a bit of reality check of, you know, what will be the best course of action yeah. in the present moment. I mean, a passion yeah. doesn't so, always pay the bills, does it? So, true. I mean, we've all, sometimes we've all got passions. As adults, we've all got passions as well. So it's no different. And I think for young people, it's, it's knowing that. That's just a life lesson. You know, like, can I chase my passion now or have I got some other obligations I have to meet now? And my passion is, I haven't forgotten it, it's there, but but maybe I have to uh, temper the, the, the enthusiasm that I'm chasing it with while I meet the other obligations I have to have. And then sometimes those other obligations bring other opportunities. Sure, yeah. And uh, most importantly, it's not a black and white thinking, right? Yeah. Either you follow your dreams or not. It's actually a process, a journey, according to what you're describing, you know, even... For us as adults, many times, you know, finding the right career path or the right opportunity, the right mix, it's a process. So especially, imagine for young people, right? Yeah, absolutely. And again, many for many of us, it was just right place, right time. And there were plenty of times when we weren't in the right place and we didn't, you know, we were doing things that we definitely weren't passionate about. But we learned things along the way and, you know, they add to the people that we are now. And I think it was you that you mentioned to me in the past that uh, we shouldn't be taking success personally and we shouldn't be taking failure personally, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's, again, it's part of that self-reflection. What, what, um, what, what role did I play in this thing that happened in the, the success or the thing that went wrong? Um, is there something I can learn from that and do differently? Fantastic. But sometimes things just succeed or fail you know, regardless of, of what we did, there was some other circumstance, some other variable that we didn't we didn't control. We were just, you know, right place, wrong time, wrong place, wrong time. You know, it can be, it can go either way. So I think we have to be careful because sometimes we get um, we get caught up in the the emotion of success and we we start to think mm-hmm. that we did this amazing thing when in fact maybe it, it just it just happened and it was going to happen anyway. And then the same when something doesn't work. We, we beat ourselves up sure. and beat ourselves up, but maybe maybe that was always going to happen. So, you know, yeah, you, you kind of sit in the middle. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't get too carried <laughs> away with the success and then you don't have to take too much of the failure on either. You know, you just have to be honest with yourself. Yeah, and I guess it also goes into moving a bit from an individualistic view of life to a more collective life. Like even for myself, like, as you know, I was nominated and awarded as the Youth Worker of the Year yes. last year. And I feel this is the result of an amazing teamwork, a teamwork with young people, a teamwork with colleagues, with many organizations, you know. So I, I told them, like, when I, you know, in my speech that I feel like this is the result of a teamwork. Mm. And um, I feel like it goes back to that uh, idea that, you know, as, the, as a whole, the African proverb that, you know, you can go alone, you can go fast. 
but you can go further with others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes we let our egos get in the way. You know, in an individualistic um, society, there's this idea that, um, you know, I can do anything I want and I just have to push through, you know, regardless, I have to chase that dream. But sometimes, sometimes it's not about my ego and not about my dream. Sometimes I my role is to support somebody else in finding their dream or is to support other people in finding something that's meaningful for them. So I think, yeah, I think ego gets in the way a lot for all of us. Yeah. And I guess in our work with the asset-based community development, we talk many times about hosting others, holding space for communities, for young people. And we also talk about leading by stepping back. So I guess these learnings apply to that. But look, Kate, I could talk to you for hours about uh, young people and youth work, but I would like to ask you now a bit about gra- gratitude, yes. which is our topic. Yes. I think everything we're discussing, of course, is related. But I would really like to ask you about that because um, I saw recently that you are posting some daily posts uh, of gratitude on Facebook, and we had some conversations with some groups, and I guess I'm really curious about that. So what do you, th- first of all, before you even talk about the post, what do you think is the importance of gratitude, especially during these challenging times we're going through with the COVID-19? Yeah, so I think, I mean, I, I, you know, and I'm by no means a, a gratitude expert, but I know that there is, you know, there's a lot of studies that have been done around the practice of gratitude and, and the positive impact that it has on, on people's mental well-being. Um, and, you know, there's, there's kind of that that world and uh, uh, for me it's just for me it's really just a personal thing and again it's a little bit of divorcing my ego about you know am I am I doing this thing that's you know this great offering for other people or am I just doing something that that is a very personal thing for me and if there's some Mm -hmm. learning for other people from that that's great that's fantastic you know I hope that I can share some of that learning but it's yeah for me it's it's quite it's a personal uh, it keeps me grounded so it's a personal thing for me just to practice being um yeah to practice being grateful for things instead of I think sometimes as humans we can default to a a negative headspace things are wrong things aren't good everything is is terrible everything is difficult and there are times when it very much is like that so I you know I don't I'm very mindful not to to tell people who are really struggling with really tough times that, you know, just to be grateful for something and that'll make it all better. Absolutely not. Again, it's a, it's a personal thing for me. It works for me. Um, but it, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, people have to find what works for them as well. I like how you say about the personal thing for you, you're doing it for you, but also other people might benefit. Um, I would like to ask you a bit more uh, personal question. Um, since you started this daily post, did you notice any changes in yourself? Um, in terms of your, you know, your your attitude, or did you notice any responses to that? Just being curious about this process yeah. because I believe everything we do has a response and a reaction. Yes, at the yeah, same yeah, time. yeah. Well, look, for me, I mean, the reason I started, it was my way of, you know, in this sort of COVID world, there was a lot of, um, you know, people were posting lots of. It was when the the infection stuff was pretty. Um, was beginning and there were lots of people posting, um, you know, information about what we should do, what people weren't doing, what people should be doing, you know, anger around what our leaders were doing. And it was very easy to buy into that. And I felt that that for me that put me in a position of powerlessness and and, um, inability to kind of control my emotions. So I wanted to do something that just grounded me and that 
I mean, it, it probably, you know, arguing about ego, it probably didn't need to be public, but I felt like if I was going to inhabit that social media space, I wanted to do something to contribute something that for me felt that I was taking some control back, um, particularly around my emotions. So I made a decision to post each day. Um, yeah, something that I was grateful for. And part of it was for me and part of it was to share with, um, you know, there were, there were friends of mine, there were uh, colleagues, there were young people I'd worked with who I was watching on social media who, you know, yeah, I could see them. They were struggling. They were, you know, the, the same things. The same emotions were coming up for them. You know, they were getting caught in these negative spaces. Everyone was feeling a bit powerless. So I thought if some of that is useful to them, then that's wonderful. You know, that's something I can I can share. If I can ground myself, well, then I can share that groundedness. Sure. And uh, did you get any responses, you know, on social media or yeah. by friends? Yeah, so it's interesting. And, and this is where the ego comes in, I think, because it's, yes, it's always lovely. When someone says, oh, I really like your post. Yeah. And then, and then you start <laughs> to look at, oh, how many people like my post today? What comments did people make? And I really had to, sure. to pull myself back from that and remind myself that that's, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. that's not, not about what, me validating about... what a great person I am by posting something. It really, the genuine intention behind it was, I want to stay in a positive headspace around what's happening. I don't want to slip into a, mm-hmm. a criticizing, angry headspace. And if I can, in, in through doing that, offer someone that's helpful, something that's helpful, that's great. But it doesn't need to. I don't. My I don't need to then rely on on what I see come back. <laughs> but it's interesting. Different days, people will 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 post something, and and I think you know we all know it ourselves. Sometimes every now and again we're on social media and, and we see something that just you know right time, right place. It's the thing. Yes, it yeah, makes a difference. So that's what I hope. But I don't need to. Um, uh, I very intentionally try not to need to even know that or to think about that because the minute you start to think about that, it changes your intention because your intention is I need sure. to do something to help someone. And that's put my ego back into that space again. So it's it's trying to step back from that and think I'm doing something to help myself. And if that helps someone, then that's lovely. But I don't ever need to know whether that happens. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. And uh, I also mentioned at the beginning in my introduction that, uh, you know, during COVID-19, there is lots of... Um, Lots of posts on media and lots of uh, news, you know, and a lot of this is good, like for us to know for our safety. But also, I was reading into some studies, you know, I was doing a presentation for parents in terms of uh, young people mental health, and um, there is lots of um, also negative um, results from that media news many times in terms mm. of uh, negative posts coming out, like things that scare people. And I think especially for young people, it can be quite detrimental to their health and mental health. It can increase anxiety. I was talking to a person from Headspace the other day. He was saying that some young people are even more depressed because they can't go out and see their friends and all they see is negative things on media. So I feel like, uh, as you say, you know, you didn't do it for, for that. But it does make a difference when people post also positive things on social media, right? When they post things that can uh, help others change their mindset yeah it? absolutely and i think that um i think like you say there's so much information and some of it's very important but it's mm-hmm. we can't control that sort of onslaught often of information but what we control is how we respond to things so for me it was just a very small intentional step of thinking well what happens in my day that i see that makes me feel grateful, you know, in all of this world. So, it, I'm, you know, again, it's a very intentional looking at 
not so much material goods or wealth or privilege or things, you know, like those kind of things that only some people have that they feel grateful sure. for, uh, you know. Like look at yeah, my Ferrari. Ferrari kind of thing, look right? at my amazing swimming pool and here's me, you know, like, you know, that, <laughs> not that. Um, but I think that, that it's very easy, and I guess this is my learning from it, it's very easy to forget each day there are many things that just sort of, they literally just pass through my head in a fleeting thought where I think, oh, how funny is that? How nice yeah. is that? Isn't that a beautiful thing that I just saw? Isn't that a lovely moment? Oh, I forgot what that, you know, here's that thing that makes me happy. So I... And I noticed that there are a lot of posts about nature <laughs> that uh, come out from your posts and other people too, you know, appreciation more of nature. Do you feel like nature is important, appreciating nature, spending time there, especially during those times? Yeah, yeah. Look, look, for me, absolutely. And I, and I am very lucky, mm-hmm. you know, this is, is where my good, my, you know, yes, I completely understand that I, you know, I am privileged enough to be able to live close to, you know, some beautiful natural environments. And that's not the case for everyone. Um, and again, I'm very mindful about that, that, do you know what? You don't need to be in nature. You can look at a picture of it and and appreciate its beauty, and that's fine. Like it's you know you you, you do what you can with what you have. Um, but yeah, I do think that for a lot of people, um, you know, this experience is you know being 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 locked in our houses, particularly people in urban contexts, being locked in our houses. Even mm-hmm. if we didn't spend a lot of time in nature, we're now kind of craving it because we're, you know, sure. that world is thriving and it's it's growing and it's, you know, healing. And so for us to look at it and think, oh, I forgot how beautiful those things are. And again, I think it's the timelessness of, you know, it's funny, a sunrise. So, you know, a lot of my posts have been, you know, or several of my posts have been around sunrises down um, beside the beside the beach, <laughs> but it's funny. I can be down there, and there'll be you know there'll be a hundred of people down there, despite social distancing, all taking a photo of the sunrise. So I think there's something about that that's you know every day the sun rises, every day the sun sets, every day you know the the trees are growing. I've noticed those small. Yeah, things, it's uh, like something bigger, Not bigger so than small. yourself. You know, you're outside yeah. of yourself. Bigger yeah. than our. Yeah. Maybe we didn't have the time to notice before because we were. In a different way, yeah. like working. Something else I want to ask you is because um, I know, I'm, of course, I'm aware, as, like myself as well, that there are a lot of people who are struggling, you know, with COVID-19 in terms of isolation, in terms of losing income, in terms of, you know, uh, health for the family members and friends. However, I, the more I talk also with friends and colleagues, I see also that a lot of people are having a positive experience. And um, I just, I'll just talk very quickly about myself, like some things that happened with me after the initial shock, you mm. know, and of course I also lost income and, you know, my routine got changed. But uh, I found myself having more time. I found myself enjoying more my yard and being grateful for having a yard, yeah. you know, even though I'm aware not everyone has, but people have different things that they can enjoy. And I found myself doing more art, for example, you know, doing more poetry, doing these podcasts, doing more dancing, exercising every day. Because it's the only legal thing to do outside and get get a bit of fresh air. So I, I I also found myself like meditating more and being very grateful for all the good things I have in mm. my life. You know. So I guess um, I want to ask you, um, do you notice any other positive things that you can be grateful for um, in your life at the moment? Yeah, I mean absolutely. I think <laughs> I think a lot of them I keep posting about. I get I get a little bit of stress each day when I when I think, oh my goodness, I've got to find something else to be grateful about that I can post. Um, so it forces me to think a lot more about things. But, there, yeah, there are many 
there are many different sort of, you know, the way that we're all living life differently is, you know, yes, those connections, those different, you know, like you're forced into a place where you have to rely on different solutions to things that you may have relied on in the past. And there's nothing wrong with what you did in the past, but you, you know, it forces you to do things differently. It's like, I don't know, it's like, it's like going on a camping trip and, you know, taking yourself away from all of the technology and, and, you know, finding a different way to cook and a different way to entertain yourself. And, uh, you know, it's it's a similar kind of process. We've been removed from some of the things, but not all of the things, but some of the things that we, that sustain us. So how do we, how do we continue to find meaning and how do we continue to do those things? You know, those very um, fundamental mm-hmm. things, you know, how do we connect? How do we make ourselves happy? How do we find meaning? Like they're, they're those are sort of tasks of humanity, aren't they? So I, yeah, and we are creative yeah, beings, aren't absolutely. we? I think we are very, very creative in finding ways, you know, to move forward and make the most we can do yeah, from the experience. I, I mean, I, look, I think humans are hardwired for resilience, you know, like we really are. Like, so um, it's, so this is, it's tapping back into that at its, at its, um, at its core, I guess. And look, people do that all the time in, in many difficult situations, people facing ill health, people facing, you know, all sorts of, you know, complicated situations. But this one, it's like everyone's facing it on mass. So it's, it's kind of brought into the light that, um, that sort of strike, you know, that, that hard wine for resilience that a lot of people know and live, that's their everyday reality. So I'm, again, I'm very mindful that, you know, there are many people who did it very, very tough before this happened. So for them, this is, you know, this is just another thing. It's another challenge for them while the rest of us another are, yeah, while the rest them. of us are carrying on like it's the most terrible thing that has ever happened to us. There are people who are yes, like, this is, this of is course. nothing compared to what I've been through. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, the other thing I want to ask you is we, we talk in ABCD, you know, asset-based community development about the glass half full, which is a great analogy I reckon for focusing on the strengths, the gifts of the community, you know, that, you know, the good things are, that are happening already there, the assets. So um, I guess, do you believe that gratefulness and, and practice of gratitude can help us to develop this appreciative mindset that we have uh, in ABCD? And, you know, do you think that uh, it's an opportunity now to cultivate gratitude and positive emotions as a way of sifting the focus from negativity, anxiety, fear, which are natural responses to shock, I guess, and the first reactions people may have. Um, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, Kate? look, uh, absolutely. It, it, it's, um, it's, in my mind, it's absolutely tied to the, the glass half full idea and the, you know, looking for what are the strengths and the assets within a community. Because when we look at the things that we're grateful for, those are the things that we rely on. Those are the things that... You know, those are the things that bring us strength. So, if you're you're already looking for things that are, I guess, within your own control, whereas, and that's that's you know that's one of the kind of fundamentals of of asset based community development as well is looking at what can I do for myself, what can I do, what can my community do for itself, you know, rather than waiting for someone or something external to come and provide a solution. So, gratitude is is in my mind is very much around well you know if I if I need to manage my mood I need to manage my responses if if looking um, at areas of gratitude is one of the things that will do that that will improve my mental well-being then that's me finding solutions that's me you know looking for the assets that exist in my life that are going to value add to it exactly and uh, I will mention very quickly an interaction I had with my neighbor who um, told me that he was working also from home, you know, 
but he didn't have a chair. And then I happened to have a chair on my shed that was sitting there. And I said, do you want it? Because I'm not using it. <laughs> and then I gave it to him. And <laughs> I think this is a perfect example of asset-based community development, like from one yeah. quick interaction, you know, and, and someone expressing something that they're not happy about, you Absolutely. know. And then a chair sitting there on the shed, <laughs> like, you know, and, 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 and eventually the chair found yeah. fulfill its purpose because it's a someone to sit on. And it's a nice chair and I couldn't use it because it didn't fit on my room where my desk is. <laughs> so I think things like that is what makes yeah. my day, you know, and I feel like we don't need to, we don't need the big things. Like we talk about celebrating the small wins yes, in ABCD, absolutely. right? Absolutely. I have a last tricky yes. question for you, Kate, because <laughs> I know you're a busy woman. So, but I have a nice, so what, do you, what can you be grateful about the future when it comes to young people? Meaning, what are some of your wishes for the future? And that might be about young people because I know you're very passionate, of course, but it might be about anything. So I'm just going to open it up. What can you be grateful about the future? At Ooh, the what what am I grateful for? That... I look, I mean, in terms of, you know, I, I am very fortunate to have many, many conversations with many different kinds of young people. And I'm incredibly grateful that, that they, are a, they are a very generous, very compassionate generation. Um, I'm grateful for that because I'm going to be old and they're going to need to care for me. <laughs> but they, in all of the consultations <laughs> I've done, you know, it, it recently, and as you know, the work I do at the moment is, is a lot of work around doing consultations with um, children and young people across New South Wales. And always, they're sure. always talking about their, um, no matter what question we ask when we ask about what's working well in communities for them or what's not working well, they every time without fail the groups that we speak to speak beyond just themselves so they speak about what's working for their families what's working for their the community they live in what's working for other people they're always there's always comments about um of concern for people who are doing it tough and how they mm -hmm. what kind of support they need so um i feel very confident that we have you know there's the and you know, I don't know, maybe maybe that's the same for every generation of young people. Maybe all people are like that when they're young. But isn't that lovely? You know, that's a lovely thing. But I certainly feel very, um, yeah, I feel heartened <laughs> that the generation that's coming after me yeah. is, a, is a caring and compassionate one. And, or maybe, I don't know, maybe that's, I'm not a sociologist, but maybe that's, you know, maybe they've had to grow up in, in kind of different circumstances that have, have brought that you know, they have a bigger awareness of what's going on around them, more so perhaps than previous generations, just because they're visually you can, you know, you can hook into it in so many different ways on television, on social media, on. So they have a, a much more kind of global perspective. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know why. Yes. It is. I don't know whether it, like I said, maybe it's just common to being young, but mm -hmm. they are definitely, yeah, I feel, so I feel very hopeful about that. It definitely brings a lot of hope, right? And I have the same experience working, you know, with young people. Uh, they they don't stop amazing me, you know, with their generosity, compassion, visionary thinking. And I think this is important to share because it seems to be the narrative about uh, the deficit language around young people, right? Of course, there are young people who are vulnerable. They suffer with mental health issues and um, they need support, you know, homeless young people, of course. But I think we should never stop looking also at their strengths, you know, their good heart, their generosity, and, and keep building on that. So I think it's important also to have those type of conversations that reframe our language and thinking about young yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and look, I have, you know, as part of the kind of different groups I've spoken to, I have young people, I've spoken to young people who are some of the most, you know, doing it the toughest, you know, and, and those groups by far yeah. are always 
the most compassionate. They they their number one statement is always, you know what I want to, I want things to be different so that someone doesn't have someone else doesn't have to have what happened to me happen to them. I want things to be different for other young people, you know, in my peer group if it's a societal issue or but there's always this concern about not wanting it not wanting someone else to experience what they've experienced. Yes, thinking beyond themselves as yeah, we were saying absolutely. at the beginning. Well, I'm very grateful for this podcast, Kate. I think uh, it's going to bring a lot of value for people who decide to listen, thank spend you. their time listening. <laughs> thank you for talking to me. I want to thank you so much. And I will yeah, talk to you definitely. soon in the future. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for joining us, Kate. Thank you. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. This was another episode. This was another episode with Kate Munro for the podcast series ABCD on the Go, bringing you inspiring stories from the community and spreading positivity. Stay tuned because we're going to have more podcasts coming up and more content. And if you would like to know more about this podcast series or if you would like to participate on an episode, please feel free to contact us. This is Dimitris Papalexis and I was your host for today's podcast. Have a great day and remember to stay positive and grateful for what you have. Bye.